Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 1, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It's interesting to me in verse number 3 that our text doesn't attempt to prove creation. It just states it. It just merely asserts the fact that God created the heavens and the earth. It asserts the fact that Genesis 1-1 is true and that we can rely upon that. It doesn't bring in scientific information or corroborating evidence or things such as that. It just, it just asserts the fact that Genesis is a true account and we understand those things by faith. We understand or we comprehend. But we know that everything was created by God. And so this evening, I want to consider that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and that we understand this by faith. It wasn't by a big bang, it says, but by his word, just as the text says. It's interesting, if you go through the authors of the New Testament um, and look at Jesus' words concerning creation, that Jesus believed Genesis means what it says. Paul believed Genesis means what it says. It wasn't a, they didn't allegorize it and explain it away or anything, but they understood. They read the text, and they took it to mean what it means. We understand, he says. We, we perceive these things. We know these things to be true, that God created the heavens and the earth. The worlds were framed by the word of God. It wasn't through millions of years of, of evolution and millions of years of forming and changing and adaptation but the text says it's by God's word, and we understand these things by faith. God didn't craft something from something that already existed. I mean, that would be what uh, evolution would say, that, that God made man through a series of events that came to fruition through na uh, natural events. But that's not what it says. God created, he framed the world, that he made the things which are seen, uh, or the things which were not made of things which do appear. He spoke things into existence. Out of nothing, God created everything. And so why does the author assert this? Why not prove these things? Why not offer evidence? Well, it, is, it comes down to a simple fact. Who are you going to believe? And I don't. I believe that even if you had, um, if you if you had data, and you showed somebody, they still wouldn't believe because it all comes down to a matter of faith. It comes down to who are you going to believe. And so, as the author here is laying this out, if you remember that from from last week, we we said that this chapter eleven was given to us as an encouragement to persevere in the faith, not to grow weary and, and not to, to fall aside, but to persevere, to have patience, 
to continue on in, in the faith. These examples were given to us to show us um, that men and women of faith for thousands of years, 4,000 years of history that you have covered here in Hebrews 11, trusted in the word of God and trusted um, God by faith. And so in the definition of faith that we have here, that it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things seen, he illustrates that definition by saying, just like we understand that the worlds were made by God. They were framed out of nothing by God's word. God said it, the word of God says it, and then we believe it, we trust that. We don't have to see a video of the world being created. We don't have to be able to recreate it and then believe the, the scientific testing. We have the testimony of the word of God. We trust the word of God is true, and we believe that. And so though we don't see it, we believe it happened the way that it said. It comes down to who are you going to believe. It's not faith versus science, because there weren't any scientists there either. And they can't recreate creation. This is a historical event. You can't prove that the, the Battle of Gettysburg happened by recreating it. Um, we, we know what happened um, based upon um, testimony. We have people who were eyewitnesses and wrote about it and talked about it. And then you can see things that happened from uh, the remnants of, of the, the battle and so forth. But we know what happened because people were there testified to that amount. You can't recreate it. Um, and, and, and prove things and test things. Well, this is a, a one-time event of history that God created the heavens and the earth and he told us what happened and by faith we believe God. It's a tactic of Satan to try to destroy the foundations. To push men away from the authority of the Bible. You either believe what the scriptures say or you believe what, um, what men say, and that's what it boils down to. Now, they might try to make it to where you can believe the undeniable scientists, or you're, um, or you're just a fool who believes a story. That's how they like to frame it, but that's not how it is. It's not one side has evidence and one side um, just, uh, just has faith, but both people have a, a faith in some regard that they believe in authority outside of themselves. I saw a commercial um, earlier this week. It was uh, Leonard Nimoy um, was in the commercial, and he was warning everybody that the earth was about to enter a, um, another ice age. And if we didn't change the way that we lived, there was going to be global cooling, and everybody was going to die because of global cooling. Uh, whenever, I, you know, in the 90s, it was the ozone layer. Everything was about the ozone layer. You had to quit using this kind of spray and that kind of spray. I, you don't hear about the ozone layer anymore. You know, there's always something, always some um, thing that we have to change in the environment to save the earth and all these types of things because the science is settled. You know, the science has proven that the earth is going to cool, then it's going to burn up, and the oceans are going to melt, and then 
or the ocean's going to rise and then it's going to be no water at all and all these types of things. The science is settled. Well, it changes all the time, doesn't it? And for someone just to say, well, I'm going to believe whatever these guys say and I'm going to trust their word, whenever, if you live long enough, you'll see that they change their mind about things all the time. It's a matter of faith. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what... Um, what uh, scientists suppose might happen or might have happened, or you can believe the testimony of Scripture. Well, God's people believe the testimony of Scripture. We believe what God says. I hope uh, this morning or this evening to, to stress this is uh, about, it's about faith and that it's attacked because it strikes at the heart um, of the authority of the Scripture. God created all things in six 24-hour days. And, and to deny that is just a denial of God's word, and it is a catastrophic um, consequences for, for God's people. So the scripture tells us it's a matter of faith. It's not a matter of science, it's a matter of faith. It's not a matter of intellect, it's not a matter of of, of how smart you are, or how many degrees that you have, that you can understand these things. It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of faith for us who believe the, the story of Scripture, and it's a matter of faith for the evolutionists, because they can't go back in time and see it happen. It's a theory. It's a theory of evolution. It's a theory of the Big Bang. Why? Because the scientific method can't recreate it. You can't take the scientific method and prove evolution, you can only suppose, so that's why, that's why it's a theory. But consider what has happened to Western, uh, Western civilization since we have adopted this godless idea that the world uh, just comes about and there is no God. Think about what you give up when you deny the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. What, what it destroys Take away creation. Well, then you take away God. You take away the um, take away all morality. And you tell a child that there is no God. You tell a child that there is no judgment. You tell a, God, a child that there there are no absolutes. And then you go and tell that child, well, you better not steal. You better not lie. Well, why not? Why don't I have to lie? Because I said so. That's not a very good argument. You know that's not a very good argument. Whenever, um, you know, if your mom and dad told you something, and they'd say, why can't I do that? Well, because I said so. And, you know, that, that didn't, I mean, that was, you're talking about authority, but if you just tell, if that's the only re reason why, then what are they going to say? Well, why? Who made you the boss? Well, that's a good question. And so who made you the boss? Well, I can say God made you the boss. God made mom and dad the boss. And God made morality and God gave us our ethics and, and God said not to lie and God said not to steal. He is your creator and he commands these things. But if there is no God, there is no creator, what basis are you are you shaping or what basis do you have to tell a child anything? Well we, we got rid of you get rid of um, the creator, then there is uh, no lawgiver, there is no God, and you go on a little bit further and God created uh, man and woman. And if you get rid of God, you see what happens there. You know, that's a 
terrible thing to say now that there's a there's a man and a woman. You have to have 500 other different uh, uh, genders, so they say. And then you get rid of that. Then marriage, of course. Our, our government says that marriage no longer has any foundation upon what God instituted it as. It's a, um, there in Genesis chapter number 3. Uh, Jesus connects marriage back to the Garden of Eden, back to the beginning, back to Adam and Eve. Jesus' um, marriage ethic is founded in God's intention of marriage and the foundation of marriage from the book of Genesis. So if, if Genesis 1-1 isn't true, if, if that's just a myth, then well, who cares about marriage? Who cares about where it started and what its intention is? And then that of the family. And you go a little bit further and you, you get rid of uh, the value of life. I saw a commercial in Canada where they were advertising assisted suicide. And they took a woman who they are going, that she's going to kill herself through, um, through, uh, with her doctors. And these, this company, I don't even remember what company it was, but they were advertising using her as their, their um, advertising person. Her, her uh, election to, to kill herself as, as a positive. You have um, people in other countries that, um, that are promoting, um, allowing this to, to go on for, for elderly people. Um, you have the abortionist saying that it's a good thing to, to kill babies with, with different diseases. I read one place, I think it was Iceland, was bragging that they had almost eradicated a Down syndrome because hardly any babies are born with Down syndrome. Well, you know why? Because they murder them all. They give those tests to little babies in the womb. And if, if they have Down syndrome, then, then they, they put them to death. Um, I think I told you all this before, but that's what they, they ask. Well, all the boys, if we wanted to take that test, you said, you want and I asked the doctor, I said, why do you want to give us that test? Said, well, that way you know if they have this disease. I said, can you, can you cure the disease? And they said, well, no, we can't cure it. Well, can you, can you help them in some way if they have it? No, we can't help them. I said, then why do you want us to know if, we have, uh, if the baby has it or not? Well, I know why they want it, and, and uh, he never did say, but I know why he asked us. That way you could, you could get rid of the baby, murder the baby, if, if it uh, had something, if you, you know, you don't want a sick baby, of course. Well, if life has no dignity, if there is no creator, if we are just um, blobs of cell, then it doesn't, doesn't really matter, does it? It's all relative. No authority. There's lawlessness. You take away Genesis, you take away not only the foundation of the family and marriage, you take away the purpose, which is to have a family. You know, we're living in times where uh, our society, even if the Lord doesn't come back for a long time, we won't last much longer because no one uh, seems is, is having children. The, the birth rate is declining. Um, people would rather have animals and have pets than they would to have children, young people would. I mean, um, there's no, there's no desire for, for a family, for children to, to build a family as God has laid out. Life is not valued in the young and the old, um, in society. All these things are the consequences of denial of the book of Genesis.
And there are consequences to this. The consequences are that, that once, you, once you walk away from these foundational truths, then, then God will give us up to a reprobate mind. That's what it says in Romans 1.8. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then you go on to read everything that, God, that um, Paul said in Romans chapter 1. The, the consequences of that, it, it seems like an advertisement for a political party. Um, all the things that they stand for. Let's just, well, let's just turn over there and we'll look at it real quick. <clears throat> so, they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. So God gave them up to vile affections, verse 26. For even the, their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves a recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness and fornication and wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy and murder and debate and deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventor of all evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affections, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, they which would commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. You walk away from those foundational truths and God gives men over to their own desires. And what do you have? Look out the window, turn on the news, and you'll see what happens when you walk away and deny these foundational truths. Why is it that you have this rise in, in deviant fornic uh, fornication and deviant sexual behavior? Well, God has given the nation and society up to a reprobate mind. That's what Paul said. That, that's why societies turn to this. That's why the Greeks did. That's why the Romans did. That's why a Western society now has. It, it is the, the natural reprobate mind, apart from any um, grace of God. When you deny that there is a God, you deny those foundational truths, Romans 1, 26 through 32 is what, what you have. And that's what we see. It is a religion. Darwinism is a religion. It can't be questioned. It can't be denied. I was always taught that um, in education and in, in scientific inquiry and that kind of thing, it, it was it was um, accepted, or not even accepted, but needful for people to, to push back and to question things and, and go back and forth and debate ideas. But you can't do that now. You can't debate Darwinism. It's, you can't even bring the other side into play. I don't know what the laws is, but certainly if, if someone came in and was teaching Genesis 1 as an alternative to Darwinism, certainly they would there'd be... Um, There'd be problems there. Karl Marx, communism, that was all influenced by Darwinism. Racist 
uh, racism influenced by uh, Darwinism. I mean, if you, th if you think about why a person would think that one group of people was inferior to another group of people, when we're all made in, in one image and one likeness, that, that we all have that one blood, as, as Paul says, well, then you have to ask yourself, where did that idea come from that, that some people are more evolved or some people are more primitive, as you might say? You ever thought about that? Why do people say, well, these are primitive people? Why are they primitive? Why would you say that? Um, you look at uh, the things that were built in the book of Genesis, that's pretty old um, people. Look what was built in, in uh, Pharaoh's day. I guarantee that you couldn't take um, people out of this, this nation now, this random people, and build the pyramids. We've, it's hard to even understand how they built the pyramids with the technology that they had. And, and we're going to say that they're primitive because they didn't have electricity and they didn't have iPhones, right? No, this is all a, an ungodly worldview. Nietzsche felt that Christianity bred human weakness. He felt that the human race had to evolve into to supermen, is the English uh, translation of what he said. His philosophy laid the foundation for the Nazi party and their their um, eradication or tried to eradicate uh, the Jews and those they felt who were, were um, not as pure as they were. Well, if we come from nothing, why is any of that wrong? Why is racism wrong? Why, is, uh, why are the Nazis wrong? Why is murder wrong? Why are, why are all of these things that I mentioned wrong? if there is no God. I know why they're wrong, but, but can the atheists say why they're wrong? And if so, by what basis? If, if Darwinism teaches only the strong survive, then why does everybody get all tore up about the Ukraine and Russia? If one nation is stronger than the other, then shouldn't evolution teach us that the stronger nation ought to just... Uh, wipe up the weaker one? Why not? You say, well, that's not wrong. You can't do that. Why? Says who? If there is no God, if Genesis 1-1 is not true, says who? Why? The stronger should just go and take over the weaker. You and I know why, and we know that by faith. So we shouldn't be ashamed of believing these truths by faith. And... and and we should be able and willing to, to ask people that question. I know why, but do you know why? There's eternal consequences. Well, if God didn't create the heaven and the earth, then, then what would you say about what Jesus said? If chapter 1 isn't true, what else isn't true? If seven days is an allegory, what else is an allegory? If Adam wasn't real, then what's that say about the, set, the last Adam? If the first Adam wasn't real, what about the last Adam in our justification and our, um, in the atonement and the resurrection? Because Paul ties the first Adam to the last Adam. And if Genesis isn't true, then that, that just tears down everything else. You can't have a 
a false allegorical genesis and then take anything else after that and to be the truth. Jesus said, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female in Mark 10.6. Jesus believed in creation. Jesus believed in the beginning. Jesus believed in that God made Adam. And so, if you don't believe that, then you're saying that Jesus is wrong. And you're saying that you have a more sophisticated understanding of the creation of the world than the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, it's not a battle of science versus faith. It's not that you're either for science or against it. Because the Bible agrees with true science. Science and God is not opposed. It's the false science. It's theoretical assumptions that oppose the Bible and, and disagrees with it. Because they say, well, let's not, we can't bring the religion into the matters. So, you know, you have, you know, every, you all have young family members in, in school and so forth. And they say, we well, can't bring religion into the matters. You can't bring religion into school. Well, that, that excludes the, the foundation of, of truth. You can't bring the Bible into it. Why can't we bring the Bible into it? Well, that, that is our, our basis, our foundation. Be like getting into a, you know, somebody break into your house and they have a knife in their hand and you have a gun and they say, well, you got, you got to put the gun down. I'm not going to fight you with that gun in your hand. Well, you wouldn't put the gun down. You say, of course I'm not going to put the gun down because this is what's going to keep you at bay. This is what's going to keep you from killing me. Well, we can't go in and talk about origins and, and truth and morality and ethics and say, well, you, we can talk about it, but you can't bring the Bible into it. And then we close the Bible and say, okay, separation of church and state and all. I'll set my Bible down, and then I'll, I'll fight you on your terms. No, we can't do that. Just because they don't want to, just because somebody else doesn't believe the Bible doesn't mean that I'm going to give it up. No, I will believe the Word of God and then interpret the data based upon the Word of God because that's how they do. For me to say, I'm going to interpret all creation through what the Bible says is no different than them saying, I'm going to interpret everything apart from religion and apart from God. That's an assumption. St they start with an assumption. I, they, they say, I'm going to assume there is no God, and so I'm going to look at everything through the lens of there being no God. Well, I'm going to start with the assumption that there is a God, and the Bible is true, and I'm going to look at the evidence through that. See, it's just a matter of faith. You, whether you believe one presupposition or the other. So by saying that there is no God, they've already ruled out every piece of evidence according to their bias. They've just disregarded it all. And so no wonder they come to their conclusions that there is no God if they start with the idea that there is no God. But God's word is very clear. We can look outside and know that the heavens declare the glory of God. And we can go to the scriptures and know that the heavens declare the glory of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will stand forever. Henry Morris said, 
that in his book, The Genesis Record, that Genesis 1-1 refutes atheism because the world was created by God. It refutes pantheism or the, the view of the earth worshipers. The God is transcendent to that which he created. There's just as much of pantheism now as there was hundreds of years ago and with the with the the Indians and so forth, the, the worship of the earth. I mean that's what we have is just earth worshipers with climate change. I mean I, it's it's hard it boggles the mind to think that people are giving up their their warmth, giving up their heat, giving up their transportation, eating bugs and all these things for the earth. That I saw a guy saying that um, he spent his life trying to convince people to let to quit having kids and let human beings go extinct because we are the uh, we're the evil of the world. For the earth, earth worshippers. I don't know about you, I, but I like, I like not freezing to death. I like pushing a button and, and having warmth. Um, I didn't like uh, chopping firewood, and I didn't like stacking it in the middle of summer and splitting it and hauling it to the house. I, you know, I know it's good wood and everything, but boy, I, it's convenient, isn't it, to go home and push a button and you can make your house whatever temperature that you want it to. Well, people say, well, let's give all this up and let's suffer and let's make people sacrifice and, and let's, let's cause um, sick people and elderly people who might not be able to do those things. Uh, let's have them freeze to death and, and starve to death and all these things for the glory of the earth. Well, no, Genesis 1.1 um, refutes that because God is transcendent over his creation. It refutes polytheism for there's one God Materialism, because matter has a beginning and it will have an end. It refutes dualism because God was alone when he created. It refutes humanism because God is God and not man. It refutes evolution because God created all things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We read that and know that only God can take, make something out of nothing. And we believe that by faith. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We believe that by faith. Now, you could, so we can make a piece of music, but we can't create it. You can make a piano. You can take wood and string and all those things. You can make that. You can't create it out of nothing. You can, you can make a piece of furniture. Somebody, a Donble made the top of this, this pulpit. And crafted it and, and did a wonderful job with it. He didn't make the trees. He didn't make the wood. He took existing material and 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 designed it and crafted it. But it was already there. The wood was already here. God didn't take rocks and trees and things and form it and fashion it. No, he made out of nothing. 
He spoke it into existence. So God existed before creation. In the beginning of time, there was God. And prior to Genesis 1-1, there was God, the eternal. And then he designed it. He spoke it into his existence, and it was according to his plan. I think uh, DNA is amazing to consider all the strands of information. They're in a one tiny little cell of, of our body. It's fascinating to, to, to understand that all that information, that DNA, is, is in our body. And all the information that it holds. But God designed that. God planned that. He created that. He created DNA that through selective breeding of your dogs, you could have various breeds of dogs. That was according to God's plan. I saw a little meme on uh, the internet. It had a cat from the ancient times. And it it said, um, how's things going in 2020? So there's a cat from Pharaoh's day, and it looked exactly like a cat from our day, and says, well, pretty good, and we still rule the humans. Well, then it had a dog from those days, and it had like a wolf, and it said, how things are going, and, and it had a pug on the other side. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that's how cats haven't changed, but, but dogs have gone all kinds of different uh, toy breeds and so forth. Well, God created animals. He created those animals to have, to be able to, to do that selective breeding, and and to adapt in various breeds and so forth. So you can have the kind of dog. You could have um, you could have a little pug, and you could have a a blue tick hound. You know, you can have all these different type of, of things. But you you can't have a dog and then turn it turn into a bird or turn it into an alligator or those types of things. A dog is always going to be in the kind of dog. But God created it to to have that variety. That's amazing to think about. It, it's it's wonderful to think about God's creation in that. So a bird, you know, over time, the bird's beak might be smaller or bigger, but it's still a bird and it still has a beak. It doesn't turn into um, an elephant. It doesn't turn into a human. It's still a bird, right? So this is God's wisdom in his creation. God spoke it into existence. He planned it. And by his almighty power, he brought it everything from nothing. And his wisdom made it work. Now, it boggles my mind just to study human anatomy and to read about it. Think about the wisdom of God to design it. Doctors, you know, doctors are very intelligent people, very smart. Uh, and I envy their knowledge and their ability to know um, things about the body. But we have specialists, don't we? We have doctors that specialize in the eyes. We have doctors that specialize in um, you know, the, the internal organs, specialize in the heart. And they spend their whole life studying and learning one organ, one part of the body. Well, why do we want that? Because not even a doctor can, can be an expert on every part of human anatomy. That they have to specialize in these things so they can become the best at that one thing. And they spend their whole life just to learn 
more and more about that one, one body part. You go to a neurologist and they'll tell you, I've had many neurologists with Jacob and even myself tell you, we just don't know a lot about the human brain. It's a mystery. Well, God designed it out of nothing. He didn't copy something. This was his design. How amazing that is. But lastly, I want to read from Colossians 1. And this is why, really why it matters. Colossians 1. Verse 15. Speaking of Jesus Christ. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Jesus Christ has the preeminence over all things. All things were created by the Lord. All things are ruled by the Lord. All things consist by the Lord. And so, when the Bible tells us that our Lord created all things, and that he rules all things, and that heaven and earth is made by him, and for him, and consists through him, then you and I can live our lives knowing that, that our Lord rules all things. And what God says about creation is true, and what God says about our times is true, and what God says about us is true, because he created us, and what God says about the future is true, and what God says about sin is true, and what God says about holiness is true. And so we can take that assurance and that confidence, that boldness, that the word of God is true, and we can live our lives accordingly. We don't have to try to figure out what's right and wrong today. What's the new thing today? Who do we hate today? What's right and wrong today? No, we, we know these things. Because our God, who rules all things and is before all things and by all things consists, has instructed us um, in morality and right and wrong and, and ethics and, and what a man is and what a woman is and what marriage is and what sin is. And so... By faith, we know these things, and by faith, we live our lives. And so when we go out and, and you see all the things that go on, and we can have a confidence in God's word and rest and, and walk by faith in this life, knowing these foundational truths. You and I can, can go on like the people in Genesis 11 holding these foundational truths and not be blown about by every wind of, of opinion that's out there now. Not to be bulldozed over with all these new ideas um, about um, you know, all, the, you know, all the, the wickedness that's, that's going on. We don't have to be blown over those things. We say, no, God created people. He created man and woman. He created... Um, our bodies, he created our minds, he created this world, and he's told us when this world is going to end and how it's going to end. 
And I don't have to worry about global warming, and I don't have to worry about all these things that they want you to worry about. That God is in control, that he sends pestilence sometimes, and, and then he brings healing. I don't have to worry about those. I don't have to be scared about those things. We live by faith. So this foundation of God creating the heavens and earth is very important for God's people. And it's a good foundation to press on and to live the life that God has called us to live um, in Jesus Christ. So let's not give an inch. Let's not give ground at all. God created the heavens and the earth. And rest assured and, and let that be a foundation for your faith that uh, our God has created all things.